You guys are awesome. Did y'all hear them? It was, y'all are so cool. Everything works right, you know. When there's when there's something that's just not right, you know, it's, you got a choice to make. Either you can fix it, just watch it get worse, you know. <laughs> I mean, I uh, I remember I had a car one time that uh, um, my dad was still alive, and it, and it, things still kind of pulled a little bit. You know, when you're driving in there, it kind of pull. You know what I'm talking about? Pull the right, not a lot, but but it, it did a little bit. So you 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 were constantly aware that you know. I mean, it pulls this way a little bit. So you're when you get used to that, and you drive along for miles and miles, tens of thousands of miles, and 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 you're not totally unaware that that thing's pulling anymore because the longer you drive something that's not in alignment. You get used to it. You get used to it, right? But it's wearing out your 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 tie-in, tie-on in. It's 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 balding your tires. It's making your vehicle more unsafe. Why? But now you're going to have to get new tires. You're going to have to go to a mechanic and get him to work on the the front end and get it aligned back up. And it's going to cost you a lot of money. If you if you'd have fixed that thing when it first started pulling a little bit, you'd be in alignment. You'd be able to go straight without a struggle. Correct? I made a statement the other, a few weeks ago. I said that, that your yes to, to to God and you being faithful. Then you, the plan of God becomes your life because you're in a constant state of saying yes to God, right? But what if that still small voice comes to get you back in alignment and you shrug it off? What happens? The wheels start to get worn, you know? You, because the further you are out of alignment, the further you will get away from the plan of God of your life. You can't get there. You can't get there. Well, all because you say, you know what, this isn't, isn't that bad. It's human nature to be that way. Well, it, it just pulls a little bit. It's not going to hurt. It'll be all right. It'll still get me there. But in our spiritual life, in our, well, just in our walk with Jesus, if there's a pull... You better check it. You better check it. Because if you don't, you're just going to get further and further and further away from the will of God for your life. Correct? We've got an assignment, but in order to do our assignment, we have to be in alignment with God. We have to 
When something's not quite right, we have to find out what it is. Or we're never going to reach where God calls us to go. We're never going to get there. I mean, how many of y'all know that God has a plan for your life? Show your hands. Hi, everybody. All right, how many of y'all know what it is? Uh-huh. We're not supposed to know everything. If God showed us the end, we'd never get to having to live by faith to go to the step by step by step. He didn't even tell Noah, you know, hey, here's exactly the what you need. This is exactly, he gave him the whole schematic to build that whole boat, though. But he didn't teach him how to sail. He didn't teach him how to, he didn't need to. Why? He needed him to learn how to farm because he's going to have to take care of all the animals. You see, we think we're, just because we're in a boat don't make us a captain. You may be the one that have to clean up after the animals. And if you're in alignment, you're okay with it. If you're not, well, why am I not the captain? I've got to shovel all this. Mm, yeah, mm, uh, uh. I got more sailing experience than Noah has ever had. God doesn't work like that. God, God takes, God takes broken, tore down people, and gives them an impossible task, so everybody will know that it's God. Because if they could do it on their own, they'd, it's impossible. God told me build a world outreach center in Louisiana. Okay. I didn't know how. I still don't. But it's here. Why? Because we're faithful over our yeses and it kept us in alignment to get where God wanted the church to be instead of where I wanted the church to be. So, so today's message is so simple. And you're going to get out of here pretty early. If that, if that clock's right. Oh, yes, you are. How to stay in alignment. How to stay in alignment with your life. How to stay in alignment with what God has for you to do. Okay? That's, I'm going to add one before I even start. Smith, do you everybody, everybody know who Smith Wigglesworth was? He was a man of God. He, was, he, was just a, he had over a dozen documented raising people up from the dead. He was just—he just walked in that healing like nobody's business and working of miracles. And he—he he, he said this. He said, "I never pray more than fifteen minutes, but I never go more than fifteen minutes without prayer." If you want to keep—if you want to—if God wants to—if you want to stay in alignment with what God has for you, that's a pretty good thing to live by right there. But we don't do that. How many of you are going to pray for fifteen minutes? Or not go 15 minutes without prayer. Here's what you need to do. Just talk to Him every four hours. Just talk every four, every four hours. Unless you're asleep, you know. But every waking hour. No. Every waking four hours, just talk to God. Don't... You don't have to... He doesn't have to talk to you. You can just... There's just a lot of one-sided conversations. Right? Just talk to him every four hours. And you know what? Over time, 
he'll be talking to you a lot more often than every four hours because you're going to be able to recognize his voice because you're going to have, have been in contact with him so often you're going to have, communicate with him often you may not know that voice at this point but if you do what i'm telling you to do within a month you're going to know if you want to stay in alignment don't go more than four hours without prayer that's simple i just okay anyway let's go to the next one <laughs> how to stay in alignment stay in christ That's, that's pretty simple. In the, in, the, in the first chapter of Ephesians, in Him, in Christ, is used 16 times. You know how I know that? I counted them last night. 16 times. In Christ. In Christ. People don't know what in Christ is. We say that and assume everybody knows what it's talking about. But you know what? A lot of people don't know what that is. They, they don't know. Well, Christ is in me. Yes, but you're in Christ as a, as a body of believers. I, I think Greg was talking about it this morning, talking about protection and things like that. Where does your protection come from? From being in Christ. Being in Christ. Uh, where's Justin at? Okay. Justin can vouch for this story that I'm about to tell. And I've told it before. But it's a good way to show you what I'm talking about. Five years ago, we were in uh, in uh, Tanzania. Justin was with me, and um, we went to the Ungorongora Crater, which there's only two of them in the world. It's where a volcano implodes instead of yeah, and it's a huge crater. It's 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 it's, it's Anyway, it's full of water. It's where the Great Migration starts to go across the Serengeti. And it's, it's just a crazy, wild place. And so Justin had never been to Africa at that point. And so they lined up a little date, game drive, in the, in the, in the crater. And it was, a, it was amazing. It was good. And, and uh, anyway, we had a female lion, you know, three, four hundred pound lion. And I got an iPhone, and, and uh, anyway, and so this lion gets up and walks towards the truck that we're in, and this truck has got a it's got a roof that you can raise up, so you can take pictures. You can take pictures. You know, you got a space about this big, you know, where you can take the pictures and and everything, and so. This lion walks up and leans up against the tr the truck I'm in, and starts rubbing her side, walking down the side of the truck. So I said, "I got to get a picture. I got to get a picture of this." So I climb up and I got my arm and my leg hanging out of the top of that truck, and I'm and and she's right there. I mean, she's right here, and I'm. And she turned around and she looked me dead in my eyes and I knew at that point I was a dead man. And she turns around and comes back towards the truck and rears her feet up on that thing and I fall back into the truck, wet my pants a little, I imagine. You know? But, and, and the driver, 
His name was Illy Bariki. He's a, he's a good friend of mine now, but that was the first time I'd met him, but I've, I've known him for a long time. So anyway, so he pulls forward, and he says, no, don't. Don't do that. He said, you stay in the truck. Did this happen, Justin? <laughs> he said, you got to stay in the truck. He said, these lions, all they see is the truck. You're part of the truck. You're not a threat to them. These trucks have been around for, you know, since the 60s. You know, they've been driving around doing those those." those game drives and, and safaris with those things and so the the lions it's, it's, he said it's okay you can take pictures from the truck all you want but when you get out of the truck you're on the menu see when you're in Christ there's protection but when you get out where'd that protection go what's it say about the devil Roaring lion, seeing who can who can he can devour. It's the same thing. You've got to be in him. Now I'll, I'll go even a step further. Another thing. Well, no, I'm not. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait on this. Whew. In Christ is your protection. In church is your protection as well. What is the church? It is the body of Christ. People can say all day long, everything. I don't have to go to church. Okay. I, I'm okay. I, you don't. But if Jesus is the body of Christ and you hate the church, what does that say about your relationship? You don't go anywhere, do you? Okay. Where's your dedication? Where's. You've got to be plugged in and involved in a body of believers because they're going to help you get where you need to be. You may be going through a struggle right now and, and there's four or five people in here who have been through the exact same thing that can encourage you and help you get out of it. That's part of being a, a community, a, ch a church. is not a building where we meet. A church is a relationship that we have as believers together. Brick and mortar is just brick and mortar. But guard the relationships that you have. <laughs> Number two, we're going to talk about the most superhuman. I mean, Marvel Comics hadn't got anything on this guy. All right? This guy had more potential than any man in the Old Testament. His name was Samson. He was the strongest man that ever lived. I'm just going to show you some stuff about Samson. I mean, he, he, he had more potential than anybody else in the Bible, but he wasted it. He wasted his life. It's terrible because God... Set as a child, put his anointing upon Samson, and the gifts and calling of God are given him without repentance. He still had that gifting on him, even though he was doing things that he wasn't supposed to be doing. When you do that, 
when God gives you a, a, a special gift and you're not living, you're not working it out and living it out, that's a, that's a tragedy because God's not going to take it back. He can't. Let's, go, let's talk about Samson. Here, here we go. He did such a poor job that he was the last of the judges that judged over Israel. That's how bad a job he did. He was the last one. Isn't that crazy? We all talk about Samson. Oh, yeah, he's so strong and all that. This guy was not doing what he was supposed to do. Correct? Go to uh, my first uh, in Judges 13. Let's talk about this. The fifth. fifth. For behold, this is, this is talking about, this is talking to his mom. For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come upon his head, for your child will be the Nazarite to God from the womb. And he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. This is what God told Samson's mother before he was born. That sounds a lot like what he told Mary, isn't it? You shall have a son, and his name will be Jesus, and he deliver deliver you from the sins of the world. This is what he go to the next one. I mean, I'm just trying to tell you that God had had placed something great inside Samson. So the woman bore a son, just verse 24. So the woman bore a son and called his name Samson, and the child grew, and the Lord blessed him. This is the Old Testament, guys. This doesn't happen very often. Samuel's about the only other one that God comes to in the Old Testament and says, You know what? You're going to have a son, and he's going to do this, this, and this. Samson. Go to the next one. Which one's it? 25, yeah. And the Spirit of the Lord began to move upon him. I mean, this is talking about a child. You hear me? The Lord began to the Spirit to move upon him. I ain't even going to go there. You know, the, the point of this was the Spirit of the Lord began to move upon him. I don't know where he was or what. It just happened. Yeah. Homer and Hainsville. The Lord moved upon Samson was God's man. He was superhuman. There was not anything physically out of this man's reach. He was smart. There was four things that he was told could not happen. One was cut, cut can't cut your hair. Can't eat unclean meat. Uh, can't drink wine and don't sleep with Philistine women. Those are the four things. And he did all four multiple times. So my question is this. Which one caused him to get out of alignment and do something totally Contrary to what the Spirit of God 
who was on him, who was using him, why would he? Why would he just get direct rebellion from God? What what stopped it? What caused it? Was it his hair? Was it his sleeping with women? Was it drinking wine? Was it eating unclean meat? Was it any of those things? No, he failed because he conformed to what he was called to confront. And when you get out of alignment, your assignment becomes blurry, and then you don't see what you're supposed to be doing. The things that are direct, directly before you are the only things you can see, and they're usually candy, you know, to get you in trouble. What does Romans 12, 2 say? It said, be not conformed to this world, but trans... Where are we at? Yeah! Yeah! Good job! And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the knowing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. He didn't know what the will of God was anymore. Why? Because he conformed. Guys, I don't know about you, but I do know what people say about us from time to time. A little strange. You know, I Boy, I, they don't do church like we do church. No, we don't. You know, there's, there's a lot of things that people can say. But I will promise you this. We will not conform to what we're called to confront. Be, in, be tolerant. Y'all know, know the whole progressive machine, you know, the liberal thing don't conform to anything they're telling you to do confront it that's what you were put on this earth to do is to confront sin to help people get out of it to let them know Jesus not by keeping your mouth okay well I wouldn't do that but if you want to do it that's okay that's not Christianity that's a cop out James 4 says, if you see injustice and do nothing, it's sin unto you. So, Samson started off pretty good. Oh, man. Go to six, Judges 16. One, I got 16. The Philistine, what happened is Delilah had tricked him, found out what she did. And she cut his hair, and she had troops outside. And as soon as they cut his hair, they came in and got him. Because in his mind, he didn't have any strength anymore. He thought, he, he didn't realize that his strength came from the Lord instead of from his hair. That's right. He couldn't, he couldn't see it because he was out of alignment. He couldn't see what... Are you following me? So... What do they do? They're going to torture him. So they, bring, they, they, they gouge out his eyes. And he's blind. And they've got him tied to two pillars. One arm on one pillar. One arm on the other pillar. That held all of everything up. There was over 3,000 people in there. All, and all the leadership of the Philistines was in that thing. And so he just couldn't. He, he, he said, God, give me the strength. I'm going to bring them all down. 
and he just started pulling and he pulled those two pillars and everything came down and killed everybody including him this is a scripture right here then Samson said, let, let me die with the Philistine. And he pushed with all his might, and the temple fell on the Lord's and all the people who were in it. So the dead that he killed at his death were more than he killed in his life. The one act after he got into alignment and repented, he had more deaths in that act than he did his entire life. You see, he still had the potential. He still had the strength there. He wouldn't have been able to pull that thing down. But when he got in, when they blinded him and he got scared, he turned to God. And he said, God, I know I've screwed up. Just let me die with them, but give me the strength to, to take them down. And he did. I don't want my death to mean more than my life. That's what, that's what Samson did. He did more in his death than he did in his entire life. Isn't that pathetic? Well, now I've got the biggest, most strong guy that's ever been. Yeah, now I'm picking on Samson. I'm, I mean, I'm only in heaven dodging Peter and Samson and John because of, you know, they're looking for me. They're probably waiting on me. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get jumped in into heaven. I guess. <laughs> Ooh. All right. I'm fixing to finish this. I, am I making my point though? Because that's all I'm trying to do. Never underestimate the power of going to church. It's grow time. Never underestimate, never underestimate the power of going to church. Hebrews 10, 25 tells us this forsaking not the assembling of yourselves together as is the manner of some but exhorting one another and say much more see the day approaching this is why I was so animate during the pandemic this scripture right here it doesn't say unless the circumstances get too much for you you may get sick you may get but there's no, there's no, there's there's no disclaimer here unless a pandemic hits, unless you're mad at the preacher, or you're mad at somebody else in the church, or you're mad at this or what. That, that there's no disclaimer here. Why? Because. Because it applies to Christians. He's talking to Christians at this point. He's not talking to lost people. He's talking to Christians at this point. He's talking to the Hebrews. In the 80s, I've used these numbers before, but not. this is just, I just want you to, to realize that there's something valuable every time you walk through these doors. There's something of value that you can take home with you and use in your life every single time you come through these doors. And there's something that you bring every time you come through these doors that's for somebody else. 
You always bring something when you come and you always take something when you leave. It's the way it needs to work. ORU, or Roberts University in the 80s, they did a, all right, be patient with me. A genealogical study of two families. Started way back in the 1800s. One of them's name was Jonathan Edwards, and the other one's name was Max Jukes. Jonathan Edwards was a faithful church goer. He went on Sunday morning, he went on Sunday night, he went on Wednesday night, and by golly, my kids are going to go with me, or, or I'm going to beat them slap to death. You know, I mean, that's what, that was my life growing up, you know. It's that, that, but you know what? Evidently, it worked. I'm here, I'm in a church. Even though I did hated church, and I really hated church, I did. Y'all know, I mean, my parents made me go on Sunday night. We get, I'd, I'd smoke a joint, man, go stoned at training union. That's the only way I could handle it, you know? I, was just, I hated it, hated it, hated it, hated it. Now I love the church. It's, a, it's a, my favorite thing. You know why? Because I'm in alignment now. I know where I'm supposed to be. I know what I'm supposed to do. Max Jukes didn't go to church. Didn't think there was any value in giving his money and giving his time on a Sunday morning when he could go fishing. You know, I worship God in my bass boat. No, you don't. You don't. And all you deer hunters out there that are in your stands this morning, no, you're not praying. You're looking for a deer. And Jonathan Edwards, his descendants over 150 years included one vice president, 65 college professors, 13 college presidents, three senators, 30 judges, 100 lawyers, 60 pastors, 60 pastors and 100 preachers. That, where did they learn that where did they get that alignment from the church they all went to church and generation after generation after generation went to church and they were successful in life Max Dukes church isn't important had 490 criminals in his genealogy seven murderers 100 alcoholics and over 200 prostitutes what kind of life do you want for your kids? What kind of life do you want for your children's children? Generational blessings upon them and on them. Let me tell you something. There's something about going to church and being faithful in what you do. If you don't want to be here, that's okay. But be somewhere. Not on the deer stand. And oh yeah, besides that, I'm just going to say this: if you spend more money on your deer lease than you do on world missions, you got a problem. I'm just saying. The people, the 
the people sitting around you in this room are going to be partially responsible for your great, 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 great grandkids. For what they impart into your life now and for what you impart into their life. It's amazing that God formed a church just for support, spiritual support, where where people could come together, get stronger, and do more. So we could come together and get stronger and do more. Whatever you're going through, I promise you, there's somebody in this room right now that's been through it. It's important. I mean, I'm not. I, I don't want a thousand people in church. That's never been a goal of mine. I know that. Never, never. But I do want you to understand that there's something that you get when you get here that you take home. It's it, you. You may not be able to to see it, or feel it, or anything, but it is tangible. It is tangible. Let me tell you what. You ought to get pastor church. People call you with all kinds of things. You know what? A lot of the time, I'll know that somebody else has gone through the same thing that they're going through, and I'll call the other person and say, Hey, old Job over here, he's going through this. Could you reach out to him? Yeah. It's a community of believers that believe in God and believe in each other. Are you gonna? Are you gonna? Are you gonna have spats? Are you gonna have you know? Why is church the place that if you get in a disagreement with somebody, it's the church's fault, not someone, not not yours or the person that you're with. It's the church's fault. I'm telling you, y'all y'all may not understand this, but I do. Trust me. If 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 somebody in the church goes off and robs a bank it's my fault Take down there at that church got a bunch of thieves in there for one act if somebody that goes off but you know what that guy that went and robbed that bank I'm going to be down at that jail and I'm going to be talking to him trying to find some way to get him through what he's going through that's the way that things work that's the way that it works uh just appreciate the people around you. It's, they're going to keep. They're 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 going to help keep you in alignment to get the plan of God in your life. Amen. Stand on your feet.